I've, I've never leased a beat in my whole life at this moment. Like, I've always been against that. But I also am trying to embrace 2018 and the new ways that certain people are doing things. There's so much online content that, like, these corporations are paying for beats. And even the Instagram clips, like, pay better than a lot of than, than all, all rappers. Peace, what's going down? It's DJ Payne One for BeatStars.com with a very special guest. Uh, the guy that I've called the foremost DJ uh, preserving hip-hop culture, still relevant currently. My man, Static Selector, what's going down? Appreciate you sitting down with us. I appreciate that, man. What's good? Life is good. I know life is busy for you. I've, I've read the interviews and I've seen the work ethic. You know, I've, I've caught you in a couple cities performing. And then I know that you've just signed a deal with Rock Nation. Congratulations. You've also just joined Beat Stars, so uh, you, you got a lot on your plate right now. Yes, sir. Let's go back. As I understand, um, you started producing before you started DJing. You always put DJing first in your yeah. life, you know, which is understandable. But you've done everything from DJ for Tribe Called Quest to be featured as a DJ character on Grand Theft Auto. That's crazy. Yeah, I never DJed for Tribe, but I DJed for Q-Tips, so like... During Rock the Bells, we would like come out and do like Q-Tip solo joints, and then uh, Ali Shahid would DJ for Tribe. But I toured with Tribe many times, so you know that was always an honor. Yeah, that that that's nuts. And then your first placement was Kara's one. So there's there's a lot there's a lot I want to talk about. I'm trying to shave it down to just a couple questions. Firstly, would you say your position as a DJ, you know, you have extensive um, experience in that in that world both on radio and in clubs, made you more marketable and accessible as a producer to the rappers that you've worked with? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I grew up idolizing, you know, the, the DJs that became producers, like Primo and Marley Marl, P-Rock. So, like, when I started taking production serious, I was already DJing for, um, you know, over 10 years. So, like, even though I made beats technically before I even owned turntables, it was like, that was something just in the back of my head. I always just did for fun. And then when, when it was time, I knew when it was time. So I think that's a, you know, that's an important thing in my career. And I think everybody's career is knowing when to present something. You know, a lot of people just go from the bedroom to the stage and just don't, there's no in between. And, 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 you know, you get one first impression. And that's a crazy uh, networking lesson, too, because it wasn't just that you were coming to these rappers saying, I got beats, I got beats, I got beats. It was that you formed some kind of working relationship with them as a DJ. So it was a give and take. They, they knew me as like a mixtape and radio DJ. And then, you know, by the time I started working on my first album, I was getting phone calls from like A-list rappers like, yo, who's doing the beats? I'm like, me. And they're like, they didn't even know I did beats. I mean, no one did. So. And you're talking about the 2007 album. Yeah, my spell, uh, spell my name right down, which was the first uh, first album I dropped. That was the first time a lot of people heard my tracks anyway. I was sprinkling them on like mixtapes and shit, but you know how that goes. No, nobody takes it serious until it, it hits a story, you know? True. Who put that uh, album up? Uh, it was my label, Show Off, and then uh, we, we did it through Landspeed with Brick Records. I uh, I saw um, back in 2013 a Duck Down video on YouTube where you're using Serato cue points to chop a sample. Yeah. What's what's your current production setup? Pretty much the same exact thing. I, I use, um, you know, lately I've been buying a lot of records, so I haven't been using Serato unless I absolutely need to. I mean, obviously I use Serato every day DJing, but everything's been straight off vinyl recently. It's funny, too, because that video you're talking about is probably a record that I ended up getting on vinyl after the fact, but I just I sampled it off like uh, MP3 that was sent to me, which I try to stay away from doing that. And then that was, I think in that same video, you were, you were using... Um 
Pro Tools as the digital audio workstation. You still sticking with that formula? Yeah, same way. The I think a lot of DJs have probably messed with the cue points in Serato, but I've yeah. never seen anybody do it like that, like you would use an MPC. Yeah, I mean, now they got Serato Sample, which basically brought, you know, there's so many things you could do with that now. I mess with that sometimes. I've been recommended that, so I, I got to get into it. But, you know, back to your production resume, you have a, a hell of a resume. Everything from having worked with Nas, 2 Chains, KRS-One, and my personal favorite track of yours was, was AZ Animal. I found out way after the fact that you had done that um, record. Uh, Paid placement, like my first decent check. That's a cool addition, because I, yeah, I love that beat. That was off the format, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge AZ fan. Um, <laughs> I always hated the mix of it. That was the record that, like, I was like you know what, for now I want to mix my own records. Have you, you're still mixing your own records then? Yeah, to this day. The only time, uh, the only time in my whole career I didn't mix a record was, like, the Eminem record, or, like, um, uh, I think it was, like, a, a D-Block record or something. Besides that, like, I mixed hundreds of records i mix i try to make sure i mix everything i produce on the one hand you have a crazy resume but on the other hand and i think even more importantly you have a hell of a brand and from the very beginning you branded yourself as a dj and a producer so cohesively would you say that that branding has been a major key in your longevity yeah absolutely it's everything put together i mean it's you know doing I, to this day shade 45 i've been on for like i think 13 years now Doing radio is always, like, I started doing radio when I was 14 years old, so it was, like, always a big part of my uh, my life, just growing up hearing people on the radio, but then beyond that, to me now, it's, like, my weekly mixtape, you know, because I'm not doing mixtapes like I used to, nobody is really, but I used to do mixtapes every two weeks, now it's, like, I feel like I still do a mixtape every week, just because I get to showcase this kind of music, especially on my show, it's, like, kind of different than anybody else's show, you know, you got certain shows on Sirius that are very underground and then you got commercial shows. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm mixed both in the world on a fine line. But um, between doing radio and then producing and DJing, like, and, you know, even beyond that, like, A&R and people's albums, like A&R Joey Badass album and, um, you know, obviously a lot of terminology stuff and just through the years doing all that together, it goes in a blender and makes you a brand, you know what I mean? Like, you can't just expect one thing to be your brand. And you linked up with, with Joey Badass early, and you've had a relationship with Nasty for a while, too, who I, I just interviewed. Actually, he joined BeatStars, too, so it's kind of an interesting coincidence. Brought Nasty in. Like, he was, we were working on Joey's first album in my crib, and um, I, hit him, I hit him Nasty. I was like, yo, come through. And I introduced him to Joey, like, yo, this dude's an OG. He mixed a lot of, like, you know, Mob Deep records and all these other stuff. And he, he came in, and him and Joey kicked it off. And now Nasty's, like, head A&R at uh, Pro Era Records. So I'm happy for him, you know? Yeah, that was definitely a, a dope connection. Um, a, lot of, a lot of producers, you know what I'm saying, they get placements, but very few have put out album after album and become a brand and i and i read i and i don't know much about this i read that you had a, a marketing background for why you had a, a company called show off marketing yeah so show off marketing was something that i started in uh 2002 and we were doing like 50 cent when he first came out um the whole campaign leading up to get richard i try and we did the movie get richard i try and we did the reebok shoes uh basically everything g-unit records for years and then uh we also did like def jam atlantic Virgin Capital Records. Like, I was getting my own accounts when I was 18. So it was like, that was something we did up in Boston. And then that turned into a regional thing where we were doing all New England. All that stuff just like, I had to get a, you know, when I was, when I got out of high school, I started doing street team because I thought I was going to move downtown Boston and just like start DJing right away. And it doesn't work like that. You got to, you know, make a name for yourself. And 
everywhere I've moved, you know, between Boston and then to New York, it's like kind of got to start over a little bit. Even though when I moved to New York, it was like I already had a name in radio and in the industry that much. But it was the same thing as far as DJing clubs out here. You got to start over. It's like those relationships, they don't care about the industry connections. You got to, you know, you got to show and prove. We came from like the old days, though, where like the street team was like so important and going and standing on the corner and giving out CD, you know, CD samplers and mixtapes for hours. And then as soon as I started uh, my label, it was like my first album came out in 2007. That's when iTunes started to take over a little bit. And it's like you kind of got to start over with that, too, because, you know, the old guerrilla marketing was dope and now everything's digital. It's like I've seen so many different phases of the industry that now... You know, you be you don't even see posters up in New York anymore. It's crazy. But do you take some of that that old school guerrilla marketing, you know, person to person type interaction and, and bring it into the digital age? Absolutely. No one can deny that your work ethic is crazy, but a lot of people don't see the work that goes behind this brand, the stuff that that we're talking about. What would you say has been the most beneficial or powerful branding decision you've made in your career so far? Really, just sticking to my sound, man. A lot of people abandoned that grimy east coast sound even like some of the bigger names doing it to like go do edm or go do you know different styles and it's like i i think my biggest marketing tool is that i'm still doing that same boom i don't you can call it boom bad you can call it new york hip-hop whatever it is but a lot of people abandoned it or fell back and it's like i just stuck with it and ended up having number one albums on the chart like you know doing joey's album or doing the the shady 15 or doing actions album like there's so many things we did where like people gave up on that sound and i just stuck to it and to this day now you got you're seeing a whole new generation of kids doing it so that was the most important thing to me so here's another can of worms uh samples and sample clearance they've been in the news a lot lately and i've read some some interviews where you've talked a lot about how with certain placements labels couldn't clear the samples or they just refused to given you know their budgets but recently you've been finding some workarounds um i know you, you already talked uh, about finding you know samples from far enough back where the copyrights expired uh, but you've also been working with producers who have created their own yeah. sample kits that sound vintage um specifically dream life who's a beat stars member actually he's the reason uh, a bit a major reason that i that i've really stuck with this um internet marketplace how did you start working with him and, and using his kids he's real dope man he sent me like a random email one time and i listened to what he said and i was like oh, it's, it's all right like I, I think i chopped up one of them and i was like yo send some more stuff and the second batch he sent was like mind-blowing like it just was exactly what i was looking for and i was in a certain phase shout out to my man tk too who like i he was sending me stuff like last year and um now i'm like a lot of my stuff it really really helps because a lot of this stuff they're giving me like replaces the samples in a way that it's even come down to it sometimes where they'll send me something and be like yo i know what that is i use that but you flipped it like you did it your own way and that really changes the game, especially with these major label placements, because like I said, a lot of producers gave up on the sound because they weren't getting their publishing or they were getting sued or, you know, things weren't making albums because of samples. And I've always stuck to it no matter what, even, you know, through the certain records didn't, you know, I got a whole album with two chains that's coming. And it's like the samples held it up completely, but we're, we found a couple ways around it. So now, now it's coming, but you got to just stick to it and like stick to your sound and, 
guys like Dream Life and MTK help you do that and still, you know, not you don't have to worry about the sample. So that that's really changed a lot. My next album's really I'm excited about the sound on it. Yeah, it's dope because you can stick with that and then you know, there's there's controversy too, because it's like you gotta split publishing, but it's like the difference between sp- splitting publishing with a producer who respects yeah. that game and you might only have to give them fifteen percent compared to putting your fate in the label's hand, they might take everything from you. It's it's a no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Back to um, Dream Life and this whole internet thing. I, I personally, I, I tell this story from time to time, but I was really initially resistant to putting my beats online, um, even after I joined BeatStars, which was like two years ago. And then meeting people like Dream Life really made me a believer just because he showed me what the, the possibilities were. Um, so I got to ask you, after seeing, now that you've launched your online beat store, which um, looks better than mine, I got to holler at the designer, uh, <laughs> what was it that made you decide to start making your beats available for license through BeatStars? Uh, it's a couple different things. Um, obviously, seeing you talk about it helped out, but um, Dream Life had been telling me about it, and I had been so just against... I've, I've never released a beat in my whole life at this moment. Like I've always been against that, and I've always been one of those guys that, you know, I value the, the price on an exclusive beat for myself and all that. But I also am trying to embrace 2018 and the new ways that certain people are doing things. You know, I have just such a catalog of unused stuff that I was like, I'm going to put certain stuff on the site and, you know, take a chance with it. Really, I, I talked to Abe on the phone and he really sold me on it and uh, Mike and the whole team at BeatStars and they really just, I'm giving it a shot, you know, and so I got, I'm excited about it. I've been excited about doing something with beats like this in a while because I also don't want to hurt my business, you know, of people coming and paying the dollar that I want for beats. So it's like, it's kind of, I'm meeting everybody halfway and giving this a shot and, um, you know, I'm excited to see what comes from it. I know there's a whole world of, of artists out there and, and people that don't even necessarily have a way to get at me for beats. So it's like, this is kind of like putting the middleman there, you know? Yeah, so something I hear a lot of producers say now in this, this internet era, and I hate that, I, that, that they're saying this, is that they have to uh, blend in and follow trends just to make a living. And um, in your NPR interview, and you just said it yourself too uh, earlier, you gave the opposite advice, which is you have a specific sound and specific niche in, in hip-hop music and in the culture and the music industry as, as a whole. How important is having that niche and sticking to it? It's everything to me. Like, I don't want to be doing this otherwise. Like, sometimes, you know, especially doing this for 20 years, it's like sometimes it, it all is like, damn, where's this going and all that? And then... I meet a 14-year-old that tells me I'm his favorite, and it's like, damn, like this is still great. There's still new generations coming out. Like I remember, like you said, Joey was a young kid when I met him and linked up, and I was like, wow. I mean, rest in peace, Mac Miller. When I met Mac, I was like, damn, this 18-year-old's in my house you know, while we're partying, making music and all this. And then I met Joey, and he was 16. And then I met the kid Astro, and he was like 15, and I kept meeting these kids. And then when I went on tour with Joey, it's like we toured for six years straight, and I'm meeting like children that are into this hip-hop like this this new york hip-hop sound that i'm like damn there's a lot of faith for the future this is a hope you know what i mean and for a long time i was like oh is this thing an old man's an old man's sound now like what's going on and then you got cats like kendrick and j cole and all that but i think it's even more important for these young kids that are literally 14 years old talking about trying to make that that sound continue so that's important but um, that's another thing while I'm doing the BeatStars thing. Like, one of the things Abe really sold me on was, like, you know, I could find 
new artists through this as well, like certain kids that end up doing stuff to these beats that, you know, I might not have ever heard if I didn't do this. So that's a big part of me doing this beat starts thing too, because I'm presenting it like, I don't have to do this. Like I'm chilling. Like I do my own business. I DJ all year. I tour all that. I don't have to put these beats on this website, but the point of me doing it is, is getting it to ears that might not get it otherwise and hearing new sounds. So I want to feel inspired the same way other people, you know, it's, it's a, like lately I've been doing a lot of um, Instagram lives late at night and having people play beats and I'll play them a beat and they play me a beat and it was like, I just want to keep feeling inspired by it. So if I could hear some new voices on some of my tracks by doing this and at the same time, you know, get the sounds out there that, like I said, the catalog is so crazy. I'm going to be putting up a lot of beats. It's like, I'm just excited to hear what some of these things that might have gone unused are going to sound like, you know? Yeah, you used to do that live on, on. Do you still do that as part of your radio show? Uh, we did that once with Illmind. Um, yeah, I, I tuned we, in for that. It was you were harsh too. You weren't playing. Illmind wasn't playing either. <laughs> I mean, you can't, man. I keep it a buck with people. Like, yeah. I don't want someone to show or anything, you know. So just you got to keep it a buck with people, especially when they're chasing their dream. When I was a kid, and um, you know, I was like 15 years old, and I thought I was nice at, at scratching and all that. Certain older cats were like, "Yo." You gotta, you gotta learn how to do that better, and that shit makes you better. Like I, I'm happy they didn't sugarcoat it, you know. Hey, I, hey look, uh, I'm the guy that gets uh, criticized for being bitter and this and that when I even open my mouth online about something not being up to to a certain standard. So I'm, I'm with you. I definitely feel like that was a part of the culture, just that competitive element, that intergenerational um, pressure that that you get put on uh, to the younger generation that's emerging and. and it's, to me, it's not hating. It's just it's it's fostering in people this competitive spirit, so that they can you know if you can survive this gauntlet, you can survive anywhere. And you won't survive the industry if you can't take criticism or, or letdowns. Period. It's like every win someone gets, they went through you know fifty to hundred losses to get that. So yeah, that's that's definitely important. Um, and you've been a part of I don't know how many albums or international tours. You've also been to a lot of producer events too. You know, I think we met years ago at i standard in chicago yeah. what advice can you give producers moving into 2019 to build successful brands for themselves just get more creative like it's definitely something that in my new sound now I've been, i'm involving i've been learning a lot like with different scents and um mixing samples and, and original sounds and stuff and shaping sounds i just think the technology is just so at people's fingers now man. you can get so creative and a lot of the newer producers have been inspiring me because at this point I could do it blindfolded, make a you know make a dope hip hop beat with a bass line and a sample and the drums. Now I'm trying to switch up the the tempo and just push yourself, man. If you don't if you don't keep learning, then life gets boring. So I've just been trying to learn new stuff, you know. And to pick up on that, um, music technology has changed so much. It's crazy just to go from a physical 33 inch vinyl to streaming, where there's literally no physical or digital project that's tangible um and it's crazy to think what's what's going to happen in the future and with the internet changing music and with the music industry changing so much to catch up to the internet where do you see producers five years from now the, the whole game is ill man because like you used to only get the big checks if you got someone placed on a video game or a movie or something now it's like there's so much online content that like these corporations are paying for beats and you know every i've been doing a lot of work with jordan brand and doing like even the Instagram clips like pay better than a lot of than, than all, all rappers. So it's like there's so many opportunities through social media that producers can get that nobody else can get. It's crazy. 
So it's like if you keep your beat catalog right and just filter it to the right people in certain ways, BeatStar is an amazing way to do it because you can, you know, put it out. You can organize it in a certain any way you want, really, and just present it to these places. You just got to get on your – don't get comfortable. Just get on your hustle. Network the right way without burning bridges and the, the sky's the limit, man. So how do people network with you? How do they find you on social media? How do they find your beats? At Static Select. Um, I usually answer anyone that respectfully asks anything on Instagram. Like, I make sure my DMs are always empty. I either decline or accept, but as long as it's, you know, a, a mature question, I'll answer it. Some people are just like, yo, let's build. That don't work. That gets the decline. But if, if someone hits me and asks, like, a genuine question, I don't care if they ask where they can get my album or what sample I use, whatever it is, I, I respectfully answer it. So I'm not hard to get at. All right. Once again, I appreciate you sharing all that information. Welcome to the community. Much continued success. We're waiting on that 2 Chains album. Hopefully, hopefully we get a date soon, right? The Currency album coming, like, Next month, I got the uh, CJ Fly album coming, executive produced by Joey. I got a lot of sh a lot of music done right now, so I'm excited. Okay, so follow Static and get those updates. Grab those albums. Uh, once right. again, appreciate you, bro. Uh, thank Thanks, you for bro. your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Peace. All right, peace, bro.